0: Right, so we've been recording for six minutes, we've been sat here for 24 minutes, and we've not done anything, so great start. <laughs> um, let's do this, when you're ready. Cool. Let's podcast and everyone good? All good?
1: Yes. Good. Stretch and... <sighs> Welcome to episode 46 of the Picky Bastards podcast, that is being recorded far too early in the morning, so I'm very <laughs> sleepy, so don't expect me to make much sense today. If ever. Um, I'm... <laughs> well, I knew that was going to come up. Come <laughs> on, a time zone. <laughs> that time zone—that was too yeah. easy. To time zone. Yeah, that is true. Well, I'm also joined by who I'm assuming is also another sleepy boy in Fran. <laughs> um, Hi. So he probably also won't make sense. I'm actually all right today. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The context we'll I have see.
2: a newborn baby. I don't just sleep a lot. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm all right today. I got some sleep. Um, nice. We also have Nick. Hello. How's everyone doing? Hi, Dan? Nick. Um, and we have our special guest who's the editor of piggybees.com, Tom. Hi, Tom.
3: Hi. Thanks for
1: having me
3: okay. back on the on the podcast.
1: Yeah, returning guest. Welcome back.
3: Welcome back. You're excited yeah, to talk about some music? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting playlist this month, so I'm looking forward to digging into Don't give into anything that. away. That's going too soon with that. Don't give anything <laughs> away. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know okay, so what the is
0: like to the end, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
1: fail. You're off. Go. Well, well, I'm excited to talk about this playlist. Mm. Um, but before we do, I just, as I mentioned, um, pickybees.com. If you don't like to listen to us, I guess why you're here. <laughs> but you, yeah. be... fuck off. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but if you also want to read, you can go to pickybees.com. Uh, Tom and Fran just did a really good article a couple of weeks ago about um, 2010 and reminiscing. Yeah, um, about that year, and it was very, very cool. I think so. You should.
2: Oh, be check thanks, that Matt. Out.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's always Matt. nice
2: when Matts the host. Cause he's
1: nice to us, isn't he? Well, Matt's nice I at the start. Makes me nervous, I always like to, to bring up a specific article because oh. they're worth reading. No, nah, it That's makes smart. me
0: uncomfortable when people are friendly like that. I'm I'm nervous now. Mm. We should just get on with it and be abusive. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, this is yeah. This is just to soften you up. Ah, right. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, we're not going to talk about 2010 today We're going to talk about six albums Or five albums in a playlist And they are going to be Turnstile with the album Glow On Quickly Quickly, with the long and short of it Lord, with Solar Forever Little Sims Solar Power with some...
2: Isn't it? I thought
1: I it was Solar, Solar Power Fo- Is it Solar yeah, Power Solar, Mm-hmm. Okay, so look which, how. Yeah, showing real. his extreme credentials there, <laughs> I have professional no credentials. <laughs> Maybe I did listen to Foles recently, which is total life forever. More importantly, so, did you listen to Lord though? That's kind of the, the more important question
0: right now yeah, is that's what we're going to we'll, review. We'll, we'll get into that soon enough. <laughs>
1: um, we have Little Sims with sometimes I might be introvert, uh, Cocteau Twins. I think that's how you say it um, mm-hmm. with Heaven or Las Vegas. And we have Tom, Tom's presenting a Nicholas Jar playlist. Okay, so first we're going to get started, as always, with some questions. And I'm going to start by asking Tom a question, and that question is: What album was most imaginative?
3: Okay, I think it's a good question, and I think there's uh, there's definitely an album on this playlist which is. Um, let's just say highly anticipated so, um, I
0: love how he keeps it cryptic to the very last moment <laughs> there is one album here we need to talk about I'm not going to tell you what it is though
3: I'm, I'm not going to talk about that album I'm going to <laughs> let our listeners um, give a bit of anticipation before we, we talk about that album so we're going to go with uh, Turnstiles Glow On, uh, Matt's pick for, for this podcast cool. um, yeah so I enjoy this album quite a bit actually and um, I'd not heard of the band previously, and uh, given that last time I was on, uh, Matt, he nominated a band called Microwave. Um, I thought it was some sort of practical <laughs> joke. <I> don't know. <laughs> Everyone again, I don't know what the name of the band's going to be. Some, some inanimate object. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I kind of mentioned this to my, my brother, who's a, a big kind of hardcore punk fan, or I used to be. And he told me that he'd seen, seen this band three times, um, even though, like, I'd never heard of them, so it seems like this album's like they've been going at this for quite a while. Um, but the reason I think it's the most imaginative album is because it's it ostensibly it's a hardcore punk album. Uh, that's the kind of genre, and it's not a genre I'm hugely familiar with. But um, I, I'm used to it, kind of hardcore punk albums having quite a heavy. Kind of um, sound to them. And I think this one has some kind of inventive mu- musical flourishes which add like another dimension to the music. So, for example, it starts with this kind of um, like bubbling. S- I've put bubbling synth, I don't know if that's right. I- I've put ask Nick because you're the one that I really about.
0: Yeah, bubbling <laughs> is a technical term I'm very familiar with, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. All the pros know yeah.
3: bubbling. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it starts with this, uh, this bubbling synth and uh, it kind of. <laughs> I was begins. lying, by the way. I
0: know you feel confident. I've said that, but I'm totally lying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've never known what the fuck you're talking about, mate. Some bubbling synth. It's that, Yeah, that, that thing that starts the album. You know where it's it, yeah. I, bubbles. I, I got you it now. Bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds it's like a synth. Bubbles. <laughs> and it's a synth. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that thing that starts an an the album um, and appears <laughs> as kind of like a motive motif throughout. It gives it kind of like dreamlike quality. Um, and I think there's a lot of these little. Musical touches throughout the album. So, uh, the song "Fly Again" starts with uh, this kind of haunting piano, um, and and the songs "Underwater Boy" and "Alien Love Call" have these kind of almost like dreamy psychedelic guitars. And I think these little touches, uh, like musical touches, make they kind of make the heavier songs hit harder because you've got these these kind of elements which. Um, which you wouldn't necessarily expect and you might expect in different genres of music, but um, it it makes the the kind of heavier riffs and the the drums and that kind of stuff hit a lot lot harder than it would if you just had these, like, relentless riffs for, like, half an hour. Um, So I've written bubbling synth again here, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) For example, the way this uh, this synth contrasts with the way... So at the end of the song, Alien Love Call... um, it's got this, this synth appears again. And but what kind, kind of, of synth is it, Tom?
0: I just want to understand.
3: It, it, it kind of bubbles a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Got you now. Got you bit. now. I'm with you. <laughs> and it kind of contrasts with the um, the guitars that start the song Wild World. And they, they sound like something off, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That's the only <laughs> reference. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Old school reference there. Um, I just really like the way the music kind of contrasts and adds a, another dimension to, to the music and i think the album mend strongly too with the song lonely desires which is probably my favorite song on this and it's got blood orange on on the track who I'm who a big fan of um so yeah i enjoyed this record uh they lose marks slightly for doing the titles in all caps which is always a really annoying <laughs> thing that people do Fair <laughs> point fair point but a thumbs up for me you know I was kind of surprised that uh, yeah that it was mm, cool mm-hmm.
1: all right let's switch over to fran then
2: uh okay fair enough first of all i'm going to say we've got a little bit of a problem because um, I'm going to have to reveal your question for me, Matt, which is which of these albums were most by the book, because I, I was going to <laughs> go with Turnstile's Glow On. Um, but I, I do want to make the point that I don't really think um, any of the albums on this list were totally by the book. I do have a backup, so it's okay. Hmm. Um, I don't think any of them were totally by the book, but if I was going to choose one, it would have been Turnstile. Um But that's because a lot of it, not all of it, and Tom's just made some really good points, but I think a lot of it sounds like it's very of a type. Um, I don't know how I'd classify that type or or the genre because, you know, for me, reading everything I did about them, they are classified as a hardcore punk band, but they feel too light and poppy to be hardcore to me. Um, But the reason I'd say they're a little bit by the book maybe is they have the tropes of a rock or punk act. They have a screamy singer. They have guitars turned up to 11. They have frantic... Percussion, angsty lyrics that often make them sound a little bit younger than they really are, I think. Um, so, yeah, and it was the album on the list when I first heard it that um, sounded m- most like some other stuff that I remember hearing in the past, maybe Rage Against the Machine, for example. Um, but I also had not heard anything like this for quite a long time. Um, and I'm imagining that you guys, and probably from everything I've just said and just your preconceptions of me as a human, think that I really didn't get on with this record but that that isn't actually the case. I actually enjoyed this quite a lot Um, I think it's obviously clearly of a type, but I think it's an extremely good version of the kind of album that it is. I think it's fun, I think it's vital, it's relentless it is a throwback, but I kind of like that about it too Um, As to whether I'll listen to it again after this process, I'm not entirely sure I can't really think of a time when I'll be sat there and feel like throwing the Turnstile album on (laughs) But it isn't something I would have chosen to listen to, usually. Um, And I'm I'm glad that I got to spend a bit of time with it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I do think it's got some interesting flourishes, some interesting bubbly synths uh, (laughs) that do make it stand out a little bit. And it doesn't feel totally by the book. But if I was going to choose one that was of a type, it would have been this album. But yeah, it was was good. It was good fun. I can see why it's getting the praise it is. Nice. Uh, okay, should I jump in? Okay, yeah, so uh, before
0: it. I get into it, I just want to say, um, and, and I mentioned in passing, we were talking about this before, whether I should raise... I'm actually going to be uh, leaving the podcast for a little while. Um, but mm. uh, the reason I raised that um, is because in all the time we've been doing it, I don't think Fran's made a worse association than this band and Rage Against the Machine. Rage mm, really? Machine are mm. a cutting-edge, quality band who at least initially did some groundbreaking stuff. This is no. not... This is not. Anyway, but let me just back up a little bit and just say... The big confession I have to, to make is that, really, all these review and opinions are Jill's, my wife's, uh, and Jill described this <laughs> album much better than I could have done. We had it on in the car, and she said, "This album is clearly creamy rock." I just thought, there is no better way of describing turnstile than creamy rock. Creamy? I mean, really, it's... It not, is bubbly. Whatever, not bubbly. <laughs> whatever kind of um, live energy... And I'll, and I'll, back, I'll caveat, caveat this by saying maybe live, they're fantastic. I honestly don't know. But in terms of this album, this production of this album, is completely removed any live energy it may have had by massive overproduction, overcompression over sort of hard set matching of amp distortions. I think everything, everything is just so boxed off and, and squared off that it just completely kills the energy to the point where it's, uh, it just feels like it's just dark, dead on its feet. Um, I also, as I was listening to it, I found it so turgid that... I, l- I thought it was really, really long. <laughs> so I scanned through before we, before we came on, and I thought, God, this album is so fucking long. It's only 34 minutes. <laughs> I was mm. like, Jesus Christ, 34 minutes, and yet it still managed to bore me this much. So, um, yeah, uh, Creamy Rock. Uh, Jill, Jill nailed it. Um, I hated it. Uh-huh. Well, uh,
3: there
1: you go. I, I'm going I'm to heartily disagree with that. This is... <laughs> this is um... To start with, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. What? I love this album. <laughs> I did think it's, it would be. Oh my god! It's so much fun. <laughs> so I've listened to it so much, and I think I think uh, though I wouldn't necessarily 100% agree with Fran's comparison to Rage Against the Machine. It is this album is so inventive. It is imaginative. It isn't by the book. Like these guys were like head of class, essentially for. Heart I said none punk. of
2: the albums would buy the book. By the way, I said none of them. None of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: but within this within this genre, this is making leaps that no one, as far as I'm aware, are really doing. Um, it's they they took something. We always talk about an artist playing it safe or an, an album that you expect or someone reaching but not quite hitting. I think these guys really reached and I think that they really knocked it out of the park with all these different flourishes <laughs> that do help maintain the energy throughout the album. Do you think the energy they um, have live is like this then? Do you think, see, if you saw them live, they'd sound like this? Can you, I know um, it's speculation, but
0: do you really extent, think... Yeah. I, can't, I couldn't believe I, anything could sound like of, this live. I mean, I just feel like they'd have to be covered in, like, cling film or something to sound like this. The amps uh, and everything, I mean, it's just like...
1: Yeah. I the the songs and the 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 like vitality of the songs and the, mm. how interesting they are. It's, it's st- I've like watched. I haven't seen them live. I've watched a lot of live videos of them, mm. and it's still there, but it adds an an, an extra dimension mm. than being live. Um, so I, I don't I don't see it as a problem, and I, I also see like musically it's it's cool that they can go away and they can make their music a little bit more shiny, but then also still make something really excellent and then go away and play it live and it has a different dimension, that's also good. Like, those two things can still exist (laughs) um, in parallel, I think. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I I don't really have too much to, like, add to what what you guys have said. I think uh, Tom's comparison to Tony Hawk's is really interesting because I was thinking, (laughs) like, there were moments that were, like, rancid um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. But then... There's other moments which are much bigger, like hair metal moments, and then (laughs) are you really enduring me now? They also have like other moments which are like weird breakdowns, which are like almost uh, Caribbean music or something like that, and it's just like all melted together. I think. Sorry, carry on. I thought you were finished. I think. We. I think the last thing I say. We haven't even talked about the like that forty-five second vignette of a song at the end, which is just. I think. Uh, just a fantastic kind of breath of fresh air to just kind of carry the album out it's it's really like very delicate and pretty and to sit that amongst everything and for it to work it's I think really impressive
2: Mm -hmm. I was just going to bring up the fact that two of you talked about Tony Hawk's I actually just dropped the Tony Hawk's line from my notes because Tom had already mentioned it. But the fact that um, three of us bought up Tony Hawk's in relation to an album pr- kind of proves my point that it's a little by the book if it sounds like a Tony Hawk's soundtrack, which I think it does. It
1: doesn't, though. <laughs> so it sounds like it a really has... good
2: really good Tony Hawk's soundtrack. And Tony Hawk's soundtracks are but... always decent, but it does sound a bit like a Tony Hawk's soundtrack with I some Broadway like songs added on.
1: If you have an element of something, but then do something completely, like mm. then bolt on tons of stuff... It's like taking influences and then take creating something new. Yeah, but, no,
2: I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah,
1: it really may, also the blood orange feature really makes me want him to do something that's a bit more like his early days, just to see what he'd do with it now.
2: You um, could him just do something that was you know anything that had some energy in it, wasn't it? Yeah, but, anything interesting.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, absolutely, yeah, absolutely slander. I know no, that. I'm not. That, that
0: was just directed at me, and I'm not going to bite. So forget it.
2: Well, I know you and Tom were here. I know you both like him. Yeah. I saw him live yeah. recently at a festival, in it well, recently before the pandemic, it it was the most boring thing I've ever seen on a stage in my in my entire life. It was so boring that no. I I nearly left the festival. But anyway, let's move
1: on. Yeah. <laughs> so. You have a backup for most by the book, Fran?
2: I do. You want to tell yeah, me what it is? Of, kind of. I'm going to have to... Excuse me if I sound all over the place here because I'm, I'm basically having to switch my notes around on mm. on an album. Um, I wanted to start with the positives on Little Sims. Sometimes I might be an introvert. Um, I don't have many negatives, but I do have a few, and, and they do so, sort of relate to it being a little bit by the book at times. So I'll start there. I will pick the album that, that Tom avoided. We'll the main event. Sims. Yeah, I mean, I think Little Sims is the artist we've spoken most about on this podcast, and and I, I want to get through most of my review without mentioning a previous album, because I think we've talked about it a lot, and it could hang heavy over this new one. But if I, if I switch my notes around a little bit and talk about what my problems were and why it was a little bit by the book at times. Um, so I love the song Misunderstood that it ends with, but I also think with the title and its basic premise, it, it is a little clichéd and that highlights some of the issues I have with the album. It There is a lot of clichéd stuff at times. I think the awful, terrible skits in particular uh, are very, very clichéd and, and very distracting. Um, if I wanted the kind of advice that are on these skits, I'd just buy a self-help book, not an album by one of the most dynamic hip-hop stars in, in the world at the minute. Um, those skits are the most disruptive thing I've heard on an album in a very long time. Um, and I'm also a little tired of the sort of clichéd conceit of Symbi, the person, or Symbi, the artist, or, or the the parts where she talks about you didn't know it's me, I've got a twin, um, it pops up a lot, and I think that kind of thing has been done time and time again. It reminds me of Eminem and Slim Shady, and 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 just things that have been happening for a long time in in hip hop. I think that kind of got boring a while ago, and then there's songs like Rolling Stone, the whole of that Rolling Stone song. As much as it sounds pretty good, is is quite cliche, um, and I think as well as being by the book in that respect, having quite a bit of cliche. It has the hip-hop trope of being a very long album that ends up having a bit too much filler. So I think two worlds apart, speed, standing ovation, and particularly protect my energy are all pretty forgettable. Um but all that said, these were bigger problems for me on my first couple of listens than they are now, as I sunk into the big, the really good parts of the album. Um I kind of could let that go a little bit more. Um, but they do prevent this album from being... I would have expected Little Sims' album to be a very strong contender for my album of the year. Um, it probably might scrape the top ten, but it's you know it's not as good as I hoped it would be. Um, it is still growing on me, though. But that's why I think it's by the book, and now I'm going to wipe everything I've just said by, by saying this album doesn't change my mind about Little Sims being the most exciting artist on the planet at the minute and one of the best rappers on the planet. I think she proves that time and time again on this album. I think the song I Love You, I Hate You is absolutely dynamite. It's a furious song, amazing story, a really catchy hook. I think it's an almost perfect song. Um, I think Little Q Part 2 is gorgeous. I think it's a softer song, but with equally powerful storytelling. And I think I See You as another stunning mid-album track. I think it was quite interesting that some of these slower songs were the most successful ones on this album. Um, because I think that's not been how I felt about her in the past. And then I think if you ignore the skits, I think the album ends amazingly. I think the run of songs from Point and Kill, Fear No Man, how Did You Get Here and Misunderstood is as good a run of songs as I've heard this year. Um, Point and Kill is probably my favourite thing here. I love the sort of African influence, um, and I also love the way it transitions into Fear No Man. Um, And then the final song, yeah, Misunderstood, I think as much as there's some cliché there, Um, it has my favourite point of the album in terms of a cadence, the line when she says, I just wanted you to call me saying, hey sis, how's your day been? How's your love life? Who are you dating? She just sounds incredible there. So Mm. I've started with the negatives. I wanted to start with the positives. Um, The one, and I I said I wasn't going to mention Grey Area, but I am going to just mention it quickly here. I think the difference is Grey Area was addictive and I always wanted to come back to it. Um, I'm not there with this album, which is a bit disappointing because of those issues that I've... Pointed out, but like I said before, those issues stop it from being my favorite album of the year. They don't stop it from being one of my top 20 albums of the year. So it's not like I'm saying it's bad, but I do have a few issues. So yeah, that's, that's me on Little Sims. Who wants to go? Cool. Should I jump
1: in? Um, go for it. Yeah, Nick. go for it, Nick.
2: Um, so, uh, I, this
0: has actually stolen my question, response to the next question, um, so I don't know how we am going to handle <laughs> that one, and I also uh, don't have a backup, unlike Fran, so um, you can deal with that one while I'm, thinking, while I'm talking. Um, I have uh, I've, I've written down that I feel like we've reached critical mass here, uh, because before anybody else says the expression, Little Sims is herself in the shadow of Little Sims right now. Mm-hmm. Um, grey Area is so much better than this album, uh, and I couldn't resist... Saying that and feeling that all the way through <laughs> um, and and I think uh, the interludes that, that Fran references are totally correct. they were really disjointed and broke the album apart from it to my mm-hmm. mind um, it 's not as musically punchy uh, it 's not as lyrically direct, although it has moments of beauty and powerful sort of lyrical um, dexterity um, it's, and, and you know it was always going to be hard to follow something that was you know kind of close to flawless in gray area. Um, So in that sense, I don't think I'm... You know, my expectations were kind of unrealistic, maybe even unreasonable. But um, if I'm honest, um, I was quite disappointed. Um, That's why it was the most unexpected to me, because I really thought I'm going to love this album. Um, And uh, in the end... um, I think it's good. I think I think Fran is also dead right. This is twice I've complained to Fran in the last minute. Me? What's going on? Uh-oh. Fucking hell! Um, yeah, I mean I think he's dead right that that she's still a powerful, powerful talent, um, and I'll be watching everything she you know she puts out. Um, uh, I also saw her in Top Boy recently. I started watching Top Boy on Netflix, by the way, and she's really good at that as well. If anyone's seen it, um, mm,
2: I'm not watching it. No, no. She's, she's
0: really good in it. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, she's she's just an incredible talent. Um, and this is a, if this if it wasn't for Grey Area, I would think this, you know I would say unequivocally this is a really really strong album. Um, but it isn't. Uh, that you know, rare exists, and she's coming off that, um, and you know, this is not quite there. So, a um, little bit of a pity, but uh, you know, still definitely worth a listen. Anyone who has not come across it yet, I strongly advise you to do so. That's all I'd say.
1: Cool. Well, I might jump in here real quick yeah. and just say, Perfect. I think, I think, I, I agree with a lot of what you've said, which annoys me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that, wow. it, and similar to Fran, there is a good album in here. Mm. It's just mm. not constructed in the, the most, like, cohesive way. It is broken up. There's some fantastic songs, but there's also some songs that don't fit. And um, the the real, like, if we're going to do the comparison with all, not just Grey Area, but Drop Six, the really fantastic EP she released after that, Um like... This these these songs this album doesn't grab you immediately. It's dropped the aggression and gone for a more expansive sound, which is it's cool and I'm down for. But as a result, some of the songs which are more aggressive don't fit, like Rolling Stone mm. and Speed. They they just yeah. don't. There's no juxtaposition next to them that works, um, especially when you have these interludes which are just taking all the momentum away. Um, But I do like the fact that she's, like, leaning into her storytelling. She's switching up the kind of samples she's using, and they're more soulful and warm. Um, And leaning, like, is less beat-driven. And I think she obviously has the capacity to do that. Like, Fran mentioned, I've forgotten the exact line that he mentioned, but that was one that also stuck out to me as well. And I'd always get excited when it came up to that song at the end that had that Mm. line about her, her sister, um, Fantastic yeah, this, that. yeah, like her storytelling and lyric lyrically she's so strong. Um yeah. but it it's um, it's just different. And I think the way she also employed strings in this were was super effective as well. And so it has just an entirely different vibe. So it's like grey area and this or gray area and drop six are one thing, this is something else, and I don't think they they're really it's really hard to compare them. As like what, which one's better? um as a result, I do think that there's some uh, some fat that needs to be cut from this album. But it could potentially, if you did, if they did that, it would be uh, on the same level at least. Um, but yeah, and I'm still going to be reaching to Grey Area, I think, and Drop Six when I want to listen to Sims most of the time. Um, okay, Tom, yeah, so we really need Unrivaled
2: positivity from you Tom we need a totally positive review now please
3: do you know what Uh, I am actually going to agree with uh, a lot of what you've all said Um, I actually I reviewed Grey Area for the website it was only the the third review I wrote for Picky Bastards Um, and I was on board with the kind of editorial line that it was a a really strong album but if there's kind of like a, a criticism I had of Grey Area it would be it's, it's obviously like a very, it's kind of sh- a short, concise album. It's only 35 minutes long. And for the next album, I wanted something with a bit more kind of experimentalism, and a bit more um, kind of ambition, I guess. Um, so I thought when when I first heard the, the two singles of this album, the first two songs, Introvert and mm-hmm. Woman, I absolutely loved them. I thought they, they were the best things she'd ever done. I, I loved the production, the strings that which have been mentioned by by Matt, um, and like the the little voicemail at the end of Woman, which kind of um, indicates there's like a wider theme. Um, mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right about the the interludes. They're, they're way too long. They've got no repeat value. Um, yeah, they. I'm not against the idea of having an interlude or a series of interludes in an album to kind of um, tie the, the theme together, but yeah. who, do, who does good
0: interludes is uh, Bud Orange. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Tom, yeah. I'm with that. Just, uh, good, good interludes, <laughs> <Yeah>. crap
2: music. <laughs> but um, one of the little one of the Little Sims interludes on this album. Sorry, Tom, so just just on the point you're making, it's, it's yeah. three and a half minutes long. And when when yeah. is an interlude? So, an interlude, interlude, and when is it? Not an interlude if it's three and a half minutes long. It's longer than some of the good songs on the album, which is just bizarre to yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And no, you're right. Um, yeah, there's, there must be about fifteen minutes in total of just interludes mm. on this this thing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said. There's there's some really great great songs on here, like um, the the thing, things you said about Point and Kill and Fear, Fear No Man. The way those those mm. two songs tie together. Um, yeah, they're they're two really clear highlights for me, um, and I think it is kind of a, something that comes with making a more ambitious and, and longer album that that there are more pitfalls. Like the, there's more more filler on this album. Obviously, yeah, like you said, with Grey Area, there's there's almost no filler on that. It's it's just such a tight, concise album, um, and yeah, the, the, the song Speed and Rolling Stone didn't work for me either. So, yeah, I I did. But I mean, yeah, it, it kind of similar to what you you've all said. Like, it's, it sounds like a bit negative, but it, I still thought it's a really strong album, and it's uh, kind of testament to how consistent Little Sims is that we, we're kind of digging holes in uh, what is still a, a very strong album. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an album that gets a big big thumbs up for me. So
2: yeah. Well, one of the things I was thinking about while while you all were speaking, and also while I was writing my notes, was if this was an album by some artist we'd never heard of. I think we'd all be going fucking mad about it. Yep. <laughs> like we'd all That's be yeah. so excited about it, um, and we'd be like, "Well, there's some problems with the album, but this personism." And 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 I think what I want to just end by saying it is, you know, fantastic. It's just I wish she'd just been a bit more sort of. Um, a bit more cutthroat with it, and I wish she'd. I wish she'd made up what, i mind what album she wanted it to be, because I feel like one of the things I want, I thought was the interlude sort of break up. What is maybe three EPs mm. on this album? And mm. I feel like there's two really strong EPs and one EP that I just don't really mm. like that much, and I think that maybe you know, I just wish she'd been a little more cutthroat. I thought when, I, when Grey Area was so to the point and cutthroat that it felt like she wasn't fitting into those tropes of hip hop of having overly long albums full of. Stuff You Don't Need but this does have that so yeah we now need to invite yeah. Sam on to talk about it because he, he would just rave about it and, and we could be positive but we, we love you Little Sims if you ever listen to us you know <laughs> we do love you I'm sure it's top yeah. of our list
1: it's, yeah. I think it's only because the expectations are so high yeah. Yeah. yeah, to be honest it makes me even more excited for the next album because she's expanded her, mm-hmm. her, her her like the way she's doing the music so much that if she can then find that happy medium it's going to be Mega, it would just be ridiculous. Mega. Yeah. Okay. How right. Are you going? Well, let's go to Nick. I'm Hold on, I refuse to you answer the question what what you asked. You've answered the question. Really. What album were you most excited to play out uh, of the remaining? Well, I
0: can't say in advance because I didn't really know any of them. But I'll go with uh, to talk about. I'll go with quickly, quickly. Um, I thought um, this really was. Uh, there's not often, I would say, that I genuinely think an album is a, is a bit hard to pin down in terms of genre and style. And I think this album was a really interesting exercise in moving around different styles and genres. Um, it was really layered and complex and subtle at most many points. Um, it was also kind of joyous some of the time, uh, which I can be persuaded to like occasionally, um, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, there was some most of it i really really liked i think possibly she s h e e was my favorite track on it um and i think it really um it really showed the the true kind of potential of what i kind of understand as is a small scale bedroom production uh, mm-hmm. operation uh, from my very limited uh, understanding of this, this size um mm, that's right. and and uh you know being, being honest, uh, as somebody who does that myself, that it kind of gave me a sense there's hope for us all, you know, if if, um, if we can, if that can be done mm. in, in these kind of small-scale spaces, then um, I think that's really empowering and, and really, uh, sort of, there's a very egalitarian uh, direction there to have people out there making these kind of small-scale I mean, you could obviously say even Billie Eilish's album was like that as well, but, you know, all the way up to the top of the biggest pop artists these days but still, it, it's nice to see people making, out there, making small-scale albums that are um both quality in terms of production you know solid quality or not necessarily the finest you could get but solid um but also interestingly uh interesting movement interesting structures and stuff like that so i really really enjoyed it that's all i would say I on thought that.
2: you'd hate this album i thought you'd hate it really
0: really, I really thought you'd hate it wow
2: <laughs> so that's quite interesting so much cross to learn about
1: me Fran. after all these years mm. yeah. that's what i want to say about it yeah so go ahead I'll, I'll jump in because mm. I have some similar kind of thoughts. I thought it was really, and I know, I thought you would like it because it is so layered and there's so many. I feel like the, what they've added in, uh, there's all these just sounds and it feels so like they have, they have so much texture to them. Mm. It sounds very rich, even though they're like only small little things here and there. And it just adds to this big atmosphere of mm. warmth and, and, kind of dreaminess that floats on by. Um, I generally really, really... This was my biggest surprise because I had no idea who they were. And I um, really, really uh, enjoyed this album quite a lot. Mm. I think you mentioned She, and just that also stood out for me because of the way that the drums kicked in at some point. They were very visceral. It was almost like a a heartbeat or something. Um, It sounded really, really, like like a throbbing in the centre of the the, the song. Mm. Um, and there were just lots of little moments like that, like little pieces of piano here and there, where I was just like, oh, I really like that. Or, um, yeah, just like a little sound that got added that I just got really into. I just, I um, just, it makes
0: me say, want to interject one quick thing, which is a part of that layering yeah. and all those little drops in the piano and stuff, is is that use I've referenced before of, of making the studio like an instrument, you know, like it's building tracks out of these small both samples and and elements that are not sort of you don't know, sit down and play the song, you know, you don't sit down with a guitar and play the song and then mm. start building it, you know, and I think he's yeah. a great example of exactly that kind of songwriting. So sorry, I cut you off there. Carry on. And no,
1: no, no, that's exactly it. It's like it's yeah, it feels. It doesn't feel like one specific thing is coming at you. It's just this, like, war like just being washed away by the song, um, and it just it adds this intimacy to it that I really like. I think the biggest issue I had with it is I, I like I liked his voice. His voice was pretty generic, though, um, and, and and there were points where I was like, I've heard a lot of people do similar things to this, um, but then again, he, they're doing it really really well. So is that necessarily a problem um, but yeah i really enjoyed it um, right fran or tom either of you particularly want to jump in
3: um i feel like there's been too much uh, agreement on this podcast <laughs> so far so i'm gonna jump in and say this is probably my least favorite it. album on, on the list um I, I don't want to knock uh, like a young bedroom producer because it's obviously very well produced but well, musically, it's um, kind of jazzy and chilled and pleasant. I found it almost completely forgettable. Um, mm. Each time I listened, I found quite a bit to enjoy on some of the early tracks, like Come Visit Me and She, which you've, you've both mentioned. But I quickly tired of it. I found it lyrically quite weak, like the, like the song Why, where he just kind of moans about um, a, a few things. <laughs> um, it's proper, like nausea and blurred vision, just like okay. And uh, I thought the, the love songs as well sounded a bit too saccharine. So, so she, which yeah. is one of the better songs on the album, it's got this line like, couldn't be she couldn't be more lovely. I hear the sun when she speaks, which just sounds sickly uh, and and just. I mean, I'm absolutely going in on this album. It's not even that bad an album, but it's just... <laughs> um, we the, well, guy... the
0: group needs it. We've got too much agreement, so <laughs> go for it. Unleash um, that stuff.
3: Yeah, just just finally. I mean, the, the guy's voice has... It might just be his normal voice, but he, he has this kind of affected, like, laid-back tone, which I found quite annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so basically, like, I wasn't... A fan and i can't really it's got quite a lot of positive reviews so i, I couldn't really understand that but you, you've got a lot out of it so far i so mean you, well. you've just
2: had a go at him for being a high, there's a whole song about him being a hype contract and how he struggled with that his whole life and, and you've just basically <laughs> bollocked him for that you just <laughs> tried to go over yourself mate <laughs> fuck you and the illnesses pull your
0: socks up yeah
3: <laughs> yeah i think i, mean, I was just uh, in a short temper when I, when I heard this, this album each time but yeah I wasn't, wasn't overly
2: taken with it next time you tell me you've got a headache I'm going to tell you to fuck off yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I am glad Tom jumped in though because Nick and a little bit of Matt said it's pretty much exactly what I'm going to say um, it was a bit of a mystifying record to me um, even now I think I'm still making my mind up about it uh, like Nick said I can't pin it down to a genre I think it's got elements of jazz elements of hip hop parts when it was very bedroom pop, sort of delivery, and then times when it sounded like something that was a bit DJ shadowish. you know, a bit sample heavy, mm-hmm. even though I know it's not samples, it's all him. Um, I think it's a pretty bizarre mix of genre and styles. And even though Matt just said he knows a lot of people who are doing stuff like this, for me, it, it isn't like anything I've really spent any time with before. That isn't to say it's that incredibly unique or original. It, it might be, I don't know. It's just that I'm not aware of a lot of stuff like this. Um, And I usually take it as a good sign when I listen to an album and I can't directly compare it to someone. For me, that usually means they're doing something right. Um, And I think that's what it means here. Because most of the time, I did enjoy listening to this. It was something I was happy to play in pretty much any situation. I never felt the need to skip it. But then actually, what Tom's just said about it being forgettable, um, I can see that as well, because it never totally drew me in. And at other times, I kind of wondered if it was like a really good version of lift music. Like, it would be, it would be a lift. Everything positive you just said you can
0: just bin right now, because you just well, killed yeah, it in, in two words, of lift music. It'd be
2: a lift I'd really like to be in, and I'd probably <laughs> stay in that lift for a while, and it'd be quite a relaxing lift, but it would still be a lift at the end of the day. Um, and I think I say that because despite it feeling fresh in some ways... There aren't many parts of it that stand out from what surrounds it on the album. I feel like it all melds in a little bit. I think the songs Leave It and I Am Close to the River did always grab my attention and stood out, but the rest kind of was a little bit samey. So I think in summary, I'm saying it was different, but all the same. It was interesting, but a bit boring. (laughs) And a bit one note, apart from the bits that were a bit of a different note. So I don't really know what (laughs) I think about it. Um, But I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. Nice. That's mine. That's me.
1: Nice. Cool. Right. We're well, going. let's switch over. I'm going I'm to kick us off. Yeah, you should. We're going to talk about Lord. Okay. Um, and I just ask, is it not Lord Day? I've been calling it Lord Day for years. I thought. Why know. has she got an A on the end of her name?
2: I thought it was I, Lord.
1: The only way I know how to pronounce stuff is by listening to the radio, which I don't do anymore. So anything, anything that ha- came out in the past 10 years, I have no idea how to pronounce. Tom, you picked I it. I thought I'm I'm
0: Lordy was that band from the Eurovision uh, from Finland, that metal band <laughs> yeah. with all the weird suits. They're Lordy, aren't they?
3: I, I don't know because I don't watch Eurovision.
0: Oh, you're missing out. Tell Sam to say that he'd
2: punch you.
3: It's definitely Lord, I think. Okay,
2: I'm going to call it Lordy.
1: I'm I'm sure word will get to her, and she'll get very upset. Probably. Um, But yeah, so this album wasn't what I expected at all. Um, I've only heard a couple of her songs in the past, like what has reached me through it being played a lot on radios and things like that, and you hear in the supermarket. Mm. And I I quite liked her brand of pop, and but this didn't feel. Like, uh, this felt very different to that. I could be completely way off base with that uh, statement, but I, I don't know. That said, um, that doesn't mean it was a good thing. Um, <laughs> this, wi- like, it wildly swang for me between being like, oh, this is cool, to, God, she is really annoying. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't make my mind up between, the, between the, the, those kind of two like polar, polar uh, opposites. At times, I I kept wanting to compare this to, like, 90s pop folk, like The Cause and things like that. (laughs) And there were moments I would be, like, not paying attention and be really enjoying it. And then as soon as I added, any like, a spotlight onto what the actual music was going on, I was just like, oh, this is actually very annoying. Um, And that's, I think, because it was so, like, syrupy in in Mm. moments to use a favourite the script that Nick uses. <laughs> That's um, my word. That's not allowed. Yeah, I'm still in it before you can. Hmm. Um, I think the worst crimes for this was to do with the backing vocals. Um, like, often the backing vocals were used in a way that just was too, just too much, just too much. Um, but I think the thing I found most annoying was actually, like, I, when I paid attention, I'd hear the lyrics, <laughs> and some of the lyrics were just so irritating And I think it was just this kind of almost self-aggrandizing way that she would talk about herself in the sense that she's all grown. And shes is she like 22 or something? She's a prettier Jesus. Yeah, exactly. She's a prettier (laughs) Jesus. She's a hellraiser. She's saying this song will show you the path. Her name's Lord, for for God's sake. We just established that, didn't we? uh, yeah she's saying she's the girl that's seen it all, and i'm just yeah. like i'm i am a thir- how old am i i'm thirty one <laughs> i i I have got a lot of growing to do, and for her as a maybe she has figured life out and figured everything out, but mm. I doubt it, and mm. I get that as a young especially as a young female artist trying to grow from being like teenage pop into something that's more adult—that can be a very tough transition, and it feels like that's what she's trying to do. But it, it for me, being the one that knows everything isn't necessarily the solution to that. Um, and so that's why I got really annoyed. Interesting. By it.
2: Mm.
1: I'll jump in. I think. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, what I would say just to to one of Matt's points there about it, it sounding like someone growing from from teenage pop actually have previous two albums it's not usually my t- type of thing but the previous two albums are actually i would say they're much more sort of developed and and um mature sounding than this i don't mean that as a patronizing word but they're much more sort of the music is more mature and it, this this album isn't. Um, I'll go as far as saying that this album is an absolute turd of an album and I don't really <laughs> believe anyone who says they feel differently to that, so if any of you say you like it, you are like it. Um, I read a few reviews about how this was meant to be a satire or a takedown of the wellness industry and that annoyed mm. me in the first place. I mean, how fucking privileged do you have to be to, to write an album in 2021 20, 20, about taking down the wellness industry where we've got <laughs> Rampant fascism and racism We've got attacks on women's rights We've got transphobia We've got genocide We've got a fucking worldwide pandemic and, and Lorde wants to write A negative album about people Who like to exercise on the beach So fuck her in the first <laughs> instance That's just ridiculous oh, That's the um, best comment you've ever made Fred. That's Fantastic, nice one. But the worst thing about that As a concept in regards to this album Is that it doesn't sound like satire at all It sounds like a celebration of the industry That she's trying to take hmm. down Satire is meant to have jokes And clever wordplay word, word Lord just starts songs like Dominoes with lines like, I heard that you were doing yoga with Uma Thurman's mother just outside of Woodstock. I mean, maybe that's a joke, but I don't get it at all if it is. So, yeah, maybe I'd get past some of this privileged, self-absorbed nonsense if the songs weren't horrible, but they're also really wishy-washy and uninteresting. Domino's is probably the worst offender, but there are plenty of other horrible, bland, boring songs. Stoned at the Nail Salon, for example. Um, and Matt's just mentioned secrets for a girl who's seen it all oh god that gets my back up so badly um maybe it's satire but it just screams i love myself and if it is satire it doesn't land because it isn't funny or interesting and then i'm not going to go on for much longer but let's just talk about solar power the title song um it's probably the biggest achievement on the album actually because it managed to sound like an exact rip-up of primal scream george michael yeah. and the rona stones all at one go mm-hmm. And also features inane lines like, Lead the boys and girls onto the beaches. Come on, come all, I'll tell you all my secrets. I'm kind of like a pretty Jesus. I mean, this is either the writing of a dickhead or the writing of someone who writes satire so badly that they've turned into a dickhead. Um, And like I say, I I rated her previous albums. I think they're very, very good. I think they're, you know, fucking amazing albums in a lot of ways for what they are. They're not, you know, I might not personally listen to them regularly, but they are amazing albums. But this album is just a massive turd. So, if anyone's questioning uh, let's, let's go to them. I just want I to say, I,
0: in- I, 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 there are many reasons I started, wanted to be in this podcast and got this podcast going with Fran and with Normal. and uh, one of the main ones was to listen to people slate albums as viciously as that. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that is so yeah. satisfying to hear. And whether I agree or not, that's not relevant. It's just amazing to hear somebody rip the shit out of an album like that. That is hilarious.
2: Well, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I would appreciate great. that I could do that in your last in your last episode for a while. Exactly, yeah, um, so. anyway, but sorry, I feel like we're doing some positivity. Do I? Do either of you like the album, Tom or, or Nick? Um, do you dare I like admit that. it now? Going <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> out, following that Wow. <laughs> um, I thought like, that this is uh, this is one of those big name albums which. Uh, my, in fact, my very first note on here is this is one of those big name albums which elicits. Uh, Extreme reactions, either it's the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. (laughs) Um, and I I I kind of don't think either is true. Like, um, I think her previous album that you mentioned, Fran Melodrama, which was that was really hailed like when it came out, as like, um, almost like she was like Lord was like the voice of um, her generation, kind of thing, like teenagers of of that age. Um, and like, I I liked the album, but I didn't think it was anywhere near as, as good as some of the. The kind of breathless praise that it got, and likewise, I don't think this album is quite as bad as some of the negative reviews it's got. Like, I actually quite quite like the sound palette of kind of distorted, uh, melancholy kind of sounding guitars, which kind of like evoke summer. I didn't know anything about the um, the satire stuff. I am not do my research on this one, but, but just in terms of pure sound, like I quite liked the some of the uh, I guess like sound choices that. That were made, and actually thought it started quite well. Like the songs, the path and Solar Power. Um, I mean, I've not really listened to Primal Scream, so maybe in uh, ignorance, uh, ignorance is bliss, because I, I quite like <laughs> that song. <laughs> but my problem with the album was that it just doesn't really go anywhere. Like the songs, kind of sound like these kind of skeletal ideas, which just haven't been fleshed out. Um, it sounds as if, like, she got too attached to the demo versions of the songs and just didn't bother kind of developing them. So, like, California seems like it should have like this, like, massive chorus, but it just doesn't... It just doesn't. It just kind of meanders for about three or four minutes and then just ends. And then some of the other songs like Stoned at the Nail Salon, The Man with the Axe and Big Star are just kind of the, like low-key like, acoustic numbers, but I really couldn't tell you which one's which. I never, even though I've listened to it like a dozen times. And it kind of sounds like, an. M- this is quite an old school reference, but it sounds like an MTV unplugged version of the actual album. Like It, it just sounds like the, the songs have just been completely stripped back and... Uh, yeah, where's the like production on it? Um, and I, I, I quite like the song Moodering towards the end of the album. Just, bec- but that might be just because it sounds like a finished song rather than an unfinished <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a it was a disappointment for me. Not quite to the extent of uh, uh, France. <laughs> That's <not> really possible, <laughs> is it? To be honest to um, to that I'm, degree. I'm sorry. It? I'm sorry. But, yeah, I think <laughs> no, not. I think there, is, there are the bones of like something that could be a bit better here and. There's a bit right at the end of the last song, Oceanic Feeling, which is again it just kind of meanders and doesn't go anywhere. But then it just suddenly changes for the last minute, and it's actually like quite melancholy and wistful. And there's like a bit of a duet, and it's probably actually actually my favourite bit on the album. And it's like the last 50 seconds of it, and it just kind of indicates what what could have been if kind of took more risks or developed these these ideas more. So um, yeah, disappointment for me
2: um after talking about quickly quickly's lyrics though Tom, i just wonder <laughs> how do you feel about the lyric i heard that you were doing yoga with yuma Thurman's mother just outside of woodstock where, where yeah, do you stand think, on
3: that i think that, that is <laughs> like the that song is like the nadir of this album that dominoes yeah it's yeah. uh that right. and that song secrets from a girl who's seen it all are really yeah. quite um cheesy and stuff but I think the bits that I liked about this album were, were more to the sound but yeah there are mm, some, yeah. some uh, cringy lyrics on there
0: Nick Love: okay, it okay so uh, yeah. yeah this is probably my <laughs> album of the year no 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 um, so uh, I just thought there was two artists that came to mind as we were talking through that and I hadn't actually even written notes down about this yet and one was um, so Matt referenced the cause uh, so I'll just say lyrically uh, Fran's dead on it, it's absolute bag of shit so yeah no question <laughs> <laughs> but but I, just to, so I just really wanted to focus on the musical problems with it rather than the lyrical ones, because there's nothing yeah. to redeem the lyrics, really, from my point of view. But um, the, the musical issues are to do with this... The fact that you referenced the cause, Matt, was so interesting. That band... And I remember from the 90s They were, they were like basically overkill on harmonies Overkill mm. Like a ridiculous like all, all three of them I think all three of them Possibly all four of them Doing harmonies simultaneously On every single fucking song And this was okay. like that like she, There was just so much Buddy Lord On this album It was just too much fucking Lord Every single song Was ten of her You know Do you know what um, though A
2: lot of the time it isn't She's got some amazing people
0: Doing the backing No miracles. I don't mean that Oh, yeah, yeah no, I, no, I know what you mean, but I mean production-wise, they've also t- yeah. doubled and tripled and quadrupled her actual track. Okay, I get you. So she get you. sounds fucking huge. And it's so pop, of course, I understand that's, that's, what, that's a trope of pop, but it's very, very distancing from anything that she actually wants to say, not, not as you said, that it's worth hearing. But, <laughs> um, but in any case, musically, it, it's very unaffecting when, when musicians do that, and I always have a real problem with it, you know. Um, and then the other thing, the other person that occurred to me just as we were talking was Billie Eilish, because we talked about her for of um, The Year last year, wasn't it? Or I'm um, maybe before now? God, two years ago. Two years ago, Jesus. Mm. Um, And, you know, obviously both young stars uh, thrust into the spotlight, both considered to be, uh, you know, kind of groundbreaking in various ways. And I think it's an interesting comparison. To me, the Billie Eilish uh, first album, at least... um, was so much stronger than this album in so many ways. Uh, her voice is nicer, the singing is better, the production is better, even though, as I said earlier, it was done mostly at home. Um, the songwriting construction is better, the lyrics seem to me to be moderately more interesting. Um, so yeah, she, just no no comparison at all. And I think that's quite interesting given that they've both got a huge amount of praise and huge amount of talk about the two of them as these kind of young young leaders in the pop field. Um, so and then the one last thing I'll say is they, they used a uh, Phaser a lot on this, which I'll talk about more when we get to Cocktail Twins. Um, it's a 90s effect of, of, of an effect that was very in favor in, in sort of uh, very cool in the 90s. Uh, and they used it on, on Fallen Fruit from the very start of the album, in fact. Uh, and I found it very um oddly dating of the album, um, which I, I just kind of distracting. But anyway, that'll come back in the
2: Cocktail Twins comments in a minute. But yeah, just wanted to mention you, that one. Have you have you listened to the previous Lord albums, Nick? Just what I have not, no. yeah. I mean, I really. I mean, I really, really recommend giving them a go because I think in terms of the Billie Eilish comparison, I think it is an interesting one because I right. think the the previous two Lord albums, I totally understand why they're so... Mm. And I think maybe that's why I'm so irate about this one because mm. actually I took a long time to listen to those albums. I listened to them both last year mm. and, and and really rated them. And, but would and, you know, hold them up to Billie Eilish, just have interest, knowing them both better Personally, than I, do. I think that i can't remember which way around it is tom might help me here which which one's first and which one's second from lord um
3: is it yeah this one for pure Pure romance is it the first one i think pure heroin and
2: melodrama i think the two Pure yeah that's the one
3: yeah
2: one of them i can't remember which one of them is much more my thing than billy eilish i think billy eilish is fantastic but i think Mm, um, it's something i would sit and listen to more interesting yeah um yeah
1: yeah. we'll do cool I'm, right. I'm tempted to re-listen to it now With this idea that it's all satire Because mm. yeah. that changes everything every, Basically I didn't get the joke And that's all of my criticisms yeah, were I, I didn't if, get the if joke If failed then, good, yeah. you get the joke don't you? <laughs> exactly. yeah. good. you don't need yeah.
2: to fucking re-listen Once you realise it's satire So yeah. she's failed And yeah. also the satire isn't good I knew it was satire because I'd seen reviews that told me that That's the only reason I knew mm. And that shouldn't be how it
1: works I also hate the wellness industry, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, but is it as important a thing to write about as, like, you know...
1: Taliban? Taliban his wellness industry. Let's, let's, <laughs> go, let's do a quick vote, shall we? A quick poll. Oh, no,
2: these people are doing yoga. Let's write it.
1: Well, Fuck yeah. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on the wellness industry another time, but I do yeah, think let's... they are essentially a branch of fascism. So... Oh. <laughs> So you are yeah. actually going to make the case that the Taliban is sort of in the same ballpark. I, it, it, for some some parts, like oh, anti-vax on. movement, stuff like that, all comes from wellness movements. Right. Yeah, so.
2: yeah, yeah,
1: but that's not what she's um, <laughs> we sat We seriously derailing this podcast doing right now.
2: She's with Uma yeah. She's not talking about people being anti-vax. Oh. That's the difference.
0: We are seriously derailing
2: yeah. this podcast um, in I an unprecedented
3: yeah. way if we keep <laughs> this conversation going like this.
1: Should we, um, should we get Tom to talk about the classic? Tom, do you want to start with Cocktail Twins?
3: Yeah, I mean, hope, I'm hoping this one goes a bit better than the other one. I mean, I, I picked Lord and Cocteau Twins, so, um, yeah. We'll see if this one uh, went down any better. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a, num- a number of my favourite artists have been inspired by Cocteau Twins, um, so it's probably no surprise that I absolutely love this album. Um, I mean... There's a, ba- a band like Beach House who I'm a big fan of. They sound just like this album, and and like Beach House, are, like I, I really loved their work in their in their own right. But it's it's just really interesting to join the dots because they're they're so heavily influenced by the sound of this Cocteau Twins album. Um, I, I went online to try and find out what they were saying, um, and the first comment on Genius just said, "Man, what the fuck did the Cocteau Twins be saying?" Um, so. so <laughs> <laughs> that kind of indicates that it's not about the lyrics. Um, but I kind of realised from that that it doesn't even matter, for me anyway. Um, it's all about the melodies and the instrumentation and the atmosphere that they, they kind of create over these ten songs. Um, every song sounds kind of familiar, even though I, I'm sure I've never heard this album before. Um, so it it's kind of hard to pick out... And it's kind of hard to pick out particular bits because the record just kind of it kind of just flows without any need to well, obviously i need to need to draw on the lyrics because I'm pretty sure they're they're either nonsensical or they uh they're <laughs> extremely cryptic i'm not sure there's t- too much to read into with it um but it's it's an album that I'm I'm glad that I finally heard and I'll have it on on rotation in the future, and it kind of reminds me just joining the dots with some of the bands that I'm a big fan of. Um, it reminds me of when I discovered uh, like bands like Joy Division when I was a teenager after listening to, listen yeah. to um, like post punk music for a lot of my teenage years. Like it's just interesting to see to almost trace back the the influence that that uh, influenced a lot of my. Uh, bands I, uh, I really like so yeah big thumbs up for me and I'm assuming it was a big thumbs up all around all after, after the Lord conversation
0: yeah, let's assume everyone loved it we just moved on that's fine <laughs> yeah. 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 Move on. Move on. four votes four positive votes there yeah. <laughs> who wants to go next can't Fran
2: uh, okay, interestingly, I, Tom started with something that I was going to say as well. That it's, I'd actually been toying and picking this as the classic for quite a long time myself. I think I did pick it as the classic at one point, and then I, I changed my mind at the last minute. Um, because I see the album being spoken about an awful lot on, on Twitter, on social media, by people who I genuinely agree with, and also a lot of bands that I really like do talk about them as a band that was extremely influential for them. Um, so I expected it to be a hugely successful classic album for me, but, but it really wasn't at all. Um, like, I didn't come away hating it, as I have other classics, but that's mainly because it couldn't really garner that level of emotion in me. I just found it very, very wishy-washy. Um, I've used wishy-washy three times in this podcast. Mm. <laughs> um, I think the mix doesn't seem to forward anything, so you just kind of get a big sludgy lump of guitars and drums and vocals and nothing stands out. Um And for me, in the same way that nothing stood out on the individual songs, that meant none of the individual songs then stood out across the album. Um, There's no one moment that feels like the center point or or a single or a moment that makes me sort of take notice. It just kind of muddles along all the way through. So I don't have a lot more to say other than that, really. It's it's just another classic album that I'm left struggling to understand the fuss about um, without totally hating it and without finding it unlistenable in any way. You know, it, it was pleasant enough to listen to at times, but I just... Felt a bit meh at the end of it really. It didn't it didn't do a lot to grab me. Sorry, Tom. No, that's that's
0: fine by me. Okay, <laughs> I'll jump in. Um it's not fine by you at all. You're seething, Tom. I can <laughs> hear it in your voice. Achieving. Um Achieving. so yeah, I think this is one of the better classics we've done. Uh I, I enjoyed it. Um I thought um, it had some really dated a musical cliches and this is where i'm coming back to this comment I made about the lord the, the phase the use of phaser this guitar effect that's like um was all yeah. over stuff in the 90s um and 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 it does that sound uh was both a good thing and a bad thing because a it made it feel like wow this is definitely a 90s album um but b is was it actually, 89 okay I, i'm sorry I'm, I'm one year out i feel terrible um <laughs> but but the uh, <laughs> but the um it made me feel a great deal of nostalgia uh, for music of this period, even though I'd never heard the album before, um, which was something... Bill, like, I think Tom said something similar, he kind of felt like he'd heard it before in a way, but not through the re- more recent bands, but just from remembering bands of that period, um, because I'm ancient, um, and, and just feeling like that, that sort of dreaminess of it, that drift of it, which, uh, which Fran is sort of being derogatory towards, which I think actually is, is quite delicate and beautiful in many points... Um, I think, for example, Ice Blink Luck, I think it is called, uh, was, was probably like, the strongest song on the album to me. Um, and, and I guess it kind of, for me, what was interesting was it still held up. So I have heard various over the years bands from that period I've come back to and felt quite disappointed like, oh wow, what was all the fuss about? Uh, I didn't know this band at the time, but hearing them now, I feel like the songs, the melodies, do actually hold up. I think I those think tracks you know, decent enough, and not absolutely mind-blowing, but, you know, they're decent enough. Even if you remove those things, those very stylized effects, which were in fashion at the time, um, you still have songs which I think are solid. So, so in all in all, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you picked it, Tom. So thank you. My friend's
1: wrong. Cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about this album. I, I've <laughs> gone back and forth about it. I thought there's some really interesting parts. The way the vocals are done is super interesting. Like, it feels almost like they're auto-tuned or something like that. Um colour tune like, was it? I I I don't know. There's something weird going on with them, but the way that it stretches the voice feels like it's doing something akin to autotune, or like that the the the, the shifting of the yeah, pitch. Yeah, could be. Um, but it it might just be the way they sing, mm. and it doesn't sound exactly the same as that anyway. Mm. But it kind of it fits with the, like the way they play the guitar as well. It all fits together to make it more like the voice as an instrument as opposed to the centerpiece. And that makes sense why they don't care about you hearing it, like Tom says. Like, lyrics for this don't matter, which normally for me is a good thing. But, like, for this, I found it, again, like Fran said, there were points where I just didn't have anything to hold on to. Mm -hmm. And that's also because I found that, like, musically, this dreamy atmosphere they created, it felt very thin. It didn't feel like... I know this is, like, they're very different, but in Quickly, Quickly, that also had a dreamy vibe, but it felt very, like, visceral, and it's something to hold on to, even though it was dreamy. This felt just like it was, just musically, it was there, but it didn't feel like there was much behind it, um, like I could just push it and it would fall over. Um, I found the comparison to Beach House very interesting, because I listen to Beach House a lot, and I didn't link them. I can say, like, I guess they have a similar vibe. The atmosphere and the vibe is very similar. But I, I musically, I, I didn't link the two. But maybe I need to do another listen. Um, mm. And, I, yeah, like, I liked the opening track a lot. But I feel like the opening track had just a bit more going, a bit more of a, like, a centre to it. And then everything after that just drifts um, into this cloud, which... Was fine and it wasn't a bad experience, but it also wasn't something I was excited about.
2: Yes, I agree with that <laughs> yeah. final line. Yeah.
1: No, I well, would disagree well,
0: with that final line.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was, it exi- was it exciting? You're going to say this was an exciting album, mate.
0: It was a trip down memory lane, which you know oh, I, oh, I find memory. exciting.
1: Uh, see, because most of us it can't almost, those years. Yeah, exactly, we <laughs> exactly. And you're going to go there. <laughs> It almost sounded shoegazy, I thought, which mm, was yeah. interesting yeah. considering and I don't it like wasn't. shoegaze, so that's probably... And like, the guitars didn't sound shoegazy, but the mm. songs sounded shoegazy. Yeah, I think that's fair.
3: Mm. Yeah, it sounded a bit I, like My Bloody Valentine at times, Absolutely, which is a fantastic yeah. band. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> right. <laughs> than the first album, then the cocks out with what?
1: Shall we, the shall sigh we was, about... Forget
0: the comment, just the sigh was amazing. <laughs> 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 was like, oh, I'm so shall we talk about the playlist shit? as a whole, yeah. rather than Go just
1: the disappointment? Um, well, I, I thought this was pretty soft Like, there were some albums that I really liked in this And there were a few which I was, like, meh about um, But I'd say it's middling to average Middling above average mm-hmm. I'd go um, slightly
0: above me. average myself I think uh, yeah. Turnstile, absolute joke Quickly, quickly, really <laughs> liked it Lord, write that shit off Little Sims were disappointing Cocktail Twins I quite enjoyed So, yeah, more than 50% of them uh, were, were decent Yeah
2: I mean, for me, and? it was an interesting. Oh. It was an interesting playlist more than it was a great playlist. Um, I did I, even the albums I didn't love on this list. I quite enjoyed. I mean, I I loved just getting to slag Lord off. That was fun. So, <laughs> um, people, so did I. I. Get, I loved you enjoying it, that it, as, was, as well. It was fun to do. So um, yeah, I mean, the only album that I'll I'll listen to again is Little Sims. I'll be skipping it. Turnstile I like you know, I did like turnstile. Yeah, I like quickly, quickly quickly as well. So it was it was a decent it was a decent playlist. But yeah, Tom, what did you think?
3: Yeah, from comparing it to to the playlist from two years ago, um which had <laughs> I think had JPEG Mafia on it and One Two Pairing and Microwave. Um, yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed this. One. I enjoyed some of the albums here. Like, uh, I thought the Little Sims and Turnstile albums were, were good. Uh, I really like the Copter Twins one. Um, but yeah, the Lord and and the Quickly Quickly one, not not so 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 great. But yeah, enjoyed. Glad I got to listen to them. But I've I've listened to some of those albums more than enough for this year. I think. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can anyone remember A single microwave song While we're talking About that previous place <laughs> No I, I, I
3: can't I can't remember that band I
1: just vaguely <laughs> remember The name Jesus I've spent a long time During this uh, While we've been talking Trying to remember I remember <laughs> liking <laughs> One of the songs Quite a lot But I don't even know What my final verdict was On that Because I definitely Didn't listen to it again Trust, Trust me There are
0: Over the last four or four episodes There were so many bands I just don't remember Who the fuck they were final <laughs> right song yeah.
1: You already did that one I'm like Oh right Okay I forgot now <laughs> Yeah. So many that I said I'd really like to not go back to and then never, <laughs> never again. heard it again, yeah. Anyway. This conversation for well, the time. Mm. Yeah. There's have uh, well, we got one thing left to do mm. and that's gonna be uh talking about Nicholas Jar, which hopefully um Tom enjoyed because he selected <laughs> us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and made the
1: That would be a first if we like picking their thing as the Why I Hate. So that's amazing.
0: I mean, breaking new ground. Yeah. Consider taking the idea forward after I've gone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Ooh, we could do a Why I Hate section.
0: Yeah. yeah. Go on, you see, you Go excited
3: on, now? Why I Hate. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for this Why I Love, it, I wanted to pick an artist who I was pretty sure wouldn't be featured in this section. Um, on either like in, in future podcasts so um so for those that don't, don't know I'm speaking to the listeners out there um nicholas is a, a chilean american musician um his music's kind of hard to categorize um he emerged at the start of the the 2010s as part of this wave of kind of oddball electronic artists who seemed kind of as much influenced by like traditional and like classical music as 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 much as the um, kind of trendy underground dance dance music, uh, James Blake is probably the the most notable one. Who I know, Fran's a big fan yeah. of. Uh, oh yeah, I love him. <laughs> I love Paint Drying too. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but but unlike um, unlike James Blake, he's kind of stayed. Nicholas Jones kind of stayed away from uh, mainstream collaborations. So he's uh, he's pursued a number of different musical directions under different aliases. Um, so, I put to, so for the pe- people out there, thousands of listeners who uh, <laughs> may not listen to the playlist. Um, I put together a, a six-song playlist to try and capture the range of uh, what Nicholas Jar does. Um, so I went from the um, kind of minimalist, the minimalist end of his work to more maximalist, like big, like long, like kind of epic tracks. Um, so I started with. Like uh, a song called "Etcher" from his uh, debut album Space Is Only Noise*, which is this—it's—it's um, it's a really strange album. It's—it's it's really minimalist. It's kind of ambient and, yeah, experimental. Um, and on this song, you can kind of hear like a, a gen- gentle piano, while some people are talking in French. And then there's like the sound of like a, an insect, like fluttering its wings, and, and there's like a baby laughing in the background. And I think the, the <laughs> song's meant, the song's meant to like evoke his childhood but rather than like write a song way, just like, kind of it's it's got lyrics essentially. It it kinda of does it in this kind of soothing and abstract way. And I I really love the album. Like it's um it is such a strange mix of, of sounds and um like electronic touches and then like bits of like almost like classical music. And it's one of my favorite like, vinyl records to put on because it's just kind of almost like meditative just to just to listen to it. Um, and then also on the playlist, I've put a couple of songs from the uh, the Dark Side album, which is another of his aliases. Um, it's a collaboration with him. The album's called Psychic, and it's a collaboration with a guy called Dave Harrington, who's a musician but also one of his friends from university. And that's that's like a cross between. Electronic music and almost like prog rock, um, and that is also like an amazing album. Um, I've put the songs Golden Arrow and um, uh, Freak Go Home on there, um, and then yeah, I picked a song from the Against All Logic alias, which is again different, different again. It's uh, like a straight house music project, and it's almost like him just showing you that like he can make just. Really, these big catchy club bangers. If he wants to, but he tends to just kind of pursue the directions that he's he's interested in. Um, and then there's yet yeah, another. It, this guy's got so many aliases. Like um, it, there's um, a cover of the Leonard Cohen, uh, um, also made famous by Nick Cave, uh, song Avalanche. Uh, it's under an alias called Just Friends, and that's that's him and. Steven Spielberg's daughter, Sasha Spielberg, who does Whoa. the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. really. <laughs> I can't believe that when I when wow. I with that. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I've ended with a song, a final song under his own name, which is 13 minutes long, and it's, it's called "Swim." I, I'm intrigued to know what you all think of that one. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of it's this absolutely sprawling, like massive, like dance track kind of thing. Um, but what I tried to show with the playlist is. How he has such a like command of his craft, so he's he clearly like, understands music right down to like the way it's constructed. So he uses like silence as like a canvas to build these songs from almost nothing into these um, either still quite minimal compositions or all these like massive house tracks. And I find them in, like okay. all of his stuff like fascinating to listen to and completely compelling just because of the the way they're put together. And he's got this kind of understanding of. Um, like rhythm and and pacing and, and that kind of thing um he did it i don't know if any of you are familiar with like the essential mix series on radio one but he did one in 2012 which is incredible it's it's got such a range of music on it it's not just like dance music it's also got like there's like a sample from the it starts with like a, a sample of the guy who did the Soundtrack to Twin Peaks, like describing how he how he makes music, and it's just the, like the way he just he's got like bits of N sync in there, and then he's got a bit of like classic like piano classical piano music, and like violins and stuff, and it's yeah, it's uh, amazing. Um, almost to underline the kind of respect that other musicians have for him, um, FKA Twigs basically enlisted him to co-produce a lot of her Magdalene album in uh, 2019. Now I think it was, um, and that but you can kind of see if you're familiar with his music you can kind of see his um like prints all over the album so um, yeah uh, yeah really love his work and, and the way it's put together on multiple projects I know that electronic music doesn't always go down that well in this podcast so I'm kind of intrigued to see what you all think um, but yeah Nicholas Jar, Who do you want to go to? Thanks it. Pick uh, someone. Pick your favourite of us. I get to Matt.
1: Oh, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <That's> favourite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I, I've actually wanted to, to. After we listen, we listened to one of his albums, an Against All Logic album, a couple of years ago, um, and I I enjoyed it quite a lot, um, but I wasn't blown away by it. But it made me want to try and listen to him, and so I remember trying to put together something to. Just taking some of the top songs of Spotify and listening to those, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" But um, the playlist you put together, I, I really, really engaged with. So, I, I, kudos to you. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's You're I think better it's really, than Spotify. Really, uh, yeah, <laughs> better than well, also better than just whatever like the top five songs are. Yeah. Um, it's curated, and I think I think um, I really. But to get, to get to what you were talking about, the thing that I really appreciate about this is his songcraft. He, throughout the songs that you put, they're all quite diverse, but there is this continued, continued presence of, like, he knows what he's doing. He's going to gradually build. He's going to give you a payoff um, after having this really kind of moment of euphoria or a moment of release of some kind. And it's despite the fact that there's no lyrics, which we all know mean nothing to me. <laughs> um, there's so much emotion contained within it and it really just takes you somewhere it has so much feeling within it um and so i i just yeah like i thought it was really really enjoyable uh like way to finish and yeah even like these songs that are 11 minutes or eight minutes long like they're all there there's payoff the entire way through because it's always building it's always adding something it's always doing something and morphing before you um, I think Darkseid was my favourite of this selection, this but like everything had something for me, so um, I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks. Okay,
2: maybe I'll jump in. So, yeah. I was wondering whether um, we should finish with you, Nick. Seems okay, you know, go for you're it, gonna Frank. Be, yeah, Absolutely. should we finish with you? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Final I word, final fantastic. Word before he yes. takes his break. Get in. Um, <laughs> okay, Tom, so when, when you were. Picking Nicholas Jar when I knew that was what we were going to be listening to, I was definitely the opposite of excited, um, whatever you would call that. <laughs> and the re- the reason for that, Matt just touched on this, is we covered the Against All Logic album a well while back on the podcast, and I, I really didn't like that. It's not my thing, and, and that checks out here. Like, I could very much live without the Against All Logic track that you chose, um, and I also, you know, Swim was more interesting, but I struggled with Swim. Um, you know, the 30-minute song at the end. And I think those two songs have something in common. I think they're both a little bit too housey, a bit too techno-y for me. Um and I actually didn't think they were that as inventive as maybe some of the other stuff. All of that said, I was I was totally blown away by the rest of the list. Um I love the creepy, almost menacing etria, the opening song that you talked about. It's interesting to hear that it's um meant to like represent his childhood because he must have like, had <laughs> a creepy fucking childhood. Um, <laughs> That song reminded me quite a lot, and this is the obligatory friend bringing up something to do with Radiohead, but it reminded <laughs> me of, of some of Tom York's solo output, um, particularly the stuff he did for um, Susperia, which obviously came after this, so he's probably influenced by Nicholas Jaw there. I've got a feeling that he is into Nicholas Jaw from, from some of his Radio 1 mixes, where he's included Nicholas, Nicholas Jaw's stuff. Um, I'm obviously there for that, and then I really enjoyed both the dark side Tracks. Um, I think they're really involving, really hypnotic. I think of the two. Golden Arrow is my favourite. I think it just builds so effectively, and and every new layer gives it something new, takes it up a, a lot a notch. And I, you you've both mentioned song construction. That song is amazingly constructed. Um, mm. Avalanche though, the Just Friends one. I, saying I'm a Nick Cave and current fan. I did not pick up that this was a cover, but. It's undoubtedly the best song on the whole of this month's playlist. Um, gorgeous vocals by fucking Steven Spielberg's daughter. Bizarre. Um, I think it's a sort of great mix of trip hop and ambient music. I think I think it's just fantastic. Um, so in the end, this was a really successful playlist for me. Um, and you, you've changed my mind about Nicholas Jar. Um, now that I know there's so much more to him than Against All Logic. Um separately I'm gonna pick your brains about what albums I should spend some time with because it seems like there's a lot of stuff out there by him. But um yeah, really impressed and, and really, really glad I got to spend some time with it and not just against all logic, which I hated. So thank you. All right. Okay, Excellent.
0: okay. Uh, drum roll, please. This is my final we comment da, da, on the da, da, final podcast. Yeah, that wasn't a drum roll. That was just you whining. Yeah, know. Um, I can't do a drum roll. Yeah. So I don't have any drums. <laughs> so um, it was great. Uh, it was great, first of all, because I, I did notice um, that there was an FK Twigs connection, and it's nice to sort of join up the dots about uh, the latest production sort of pairing that she has with. With with him, uh, and that's that kind of intrigued me immediately. Um, a couple of things that you said uh, kind of rung tr- Tom. That is uh, rung true to to uh, my thoughts about it, which was it was an incredibly spacious uh, playlist, yeah. uh, and and I think that was really really impressive. It really blew me away how big a canvas. I think that's a word used as well. He was able to generate. Um, because I, a lot of the bands that I love most, um, say, take Portishead, um, are, have managed to do a very small amount of sound in a very big space, and it's actually... Um, I can attest, extremely hard to to, fake, to generate that idea of the space without filling the space. So um, I think he does a fantastic job of that. Particularly Golden Arrow was my favourite one, I think, in that regard. Yeah. Um, you also said that, that it was meditative. I think that's, that seems very, very appropriate. But I think, you know, when you mentioned this... Can, that, use the word canvas, it was definitely referenced as something to do with... I can't remember the exact phrase used about silence being something that he was, he was working with silence. And that's exactly what I mean about the spaciousness. This was... A playlist of songs um, with somebody who has incredible amount of confidence um, in their ability to hold our attention and boldness and also technical acumen to be able to make something sound enormous when the actual sound that's coming out of it is, t- is sometimes at least tiny um, so I thought that was really I was wowed by that frankly um, and it doesn't surprise me it feels like an FK Twigs uh, it was a good match, you know, and like it seems logical that, that they would work mm. together uh, in various parts of the stuff she's done. So, um, yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. Wasn't familiar um, with the, this playlist stuff at all, really, um, and uh, really pleased you introduced it to me. So thank you very much.
3: Wow. Got a cross-the-board success there,
0: sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> I gave you a 50-50, I think. So, yeah. it was more like a 75-25 for me. Okay, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. So. So, yeah, great. that's all I had to say on that one. I think it was great. Thanks very much. Cool.
1: Excellent. Well, as, as we've mentioned a couple of times, Nick is obviously mm. uh, he's taking a step back. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add, Nick, about that. Um,
0: I was sort of thinking, uh, not really, uh, not particularly. I, I'll, I'll see, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited fine. to see where you take stuff and, uh, you know, on the site and on the, the podcast, and I'm sure it'll go strength to strength. And, uh been uh, five, six years, so when uh, Fran and my friend Norman and I started it, so uh, it's exciting to see how much it's grown. It's, it's great. I think you, everyone's done, all of the six of us have, have done a lot of work to make it, make it what it is, and I'm, I'm pleased about it, yeah. So, and, I, and I'll just, I wasn't gonna, I was considering rating everyone um, of the editors in terms of your ability to judge good music, but I'll just go <laughs> with Fran as he was the original one um, and say that I, I would guess he's right 20% of the time in his <laughs> taste in music, so yeah. the rest of you can just speculate amongst yourselves what I think of, of your own ratings, but yeah, um, nobody nobody breaks fifty fifty though. I'll say that much. So I'll take yeah, twenty okay, percent.
2: I mean, from enough. somebody who likes some of the stuff you like, I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty happy that you're only like twenty
0: percent of what I like. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I would have yeah. terrible taste of music. So <laughs> nice comeback, I love
1: it. So, yeah. a nice reciprocal number <laughs> for that. Absolutely. So and it
2: wouldn't make sense if we didn't end this episode without us having a bit of a bit of abuse towards each other, Nick, because you know yeah. that, that would. That I know. Would I feel like that's been our end if we were just nice at the end. So I'm Absolutely. not going to say anything lovely about you. I'm just going to say, Go you know, you like some shit music, but, but okay. you, you're, you're a good lad. Thank you. Wow, that <laughs> person. The...
0: I've known you since 2015. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> well,
1: uh, I wanted to. I wanted to add that I've enjoyed talking about music with you. Yeah, and I actually learned a lot because you are definitely more knowledgeable about. Stuff. I'm more like, <laughs> made me feel cool. <laughs> and you're like, there's some really interesting parts of the underneath. <laughs> that's if you be. believe that
2: he's right when he talks about these <laughs> yeah. things you know? But yeah, don't know anything th- about music exactly. he's talking yeah. total bullshit
0: anyone knows anything about studio production will know that I'm talking absolute shit so yeah, yeah. that's fair enough Yeah, okay. he just says in the box
2: all lo-fi that's all he
0: says <laughs> yeah. and a studio's instrument that's the one I love yeah. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's all uh, in the yeah.
0: shadow of Little Tim's exactly, it, exactly. So. Yeah. had to get to that had to get to that alright so yeah that's that I think and I just want to say thanks to Sam and James as well who've been on this podcast many times and other guests we've had in the past, so yeah, good luck Absolutely. with it
2: all. Cheers. Cool. Well on that I suppose we'll have a little a little mention of next time, but first of all, yeah. thank you Tom. It feels like Tom's yes, appearing you, Tom. is getting drowned out a bit by him. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for Nick, your
0: picks as well. Thanks for your picks Tom, that was really good stuff. Yeah, thanks for picking Lord. Yeah, yeah thanks.
3: <laughs> thanks for having me and hope you uh, revisit that Lord album and enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah And thanks for confirming all that it was a bubbling synth at the start of the <laughs> It was, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It was bubbling, but it was very good. It was a good bubble. <laughs>
2: good bubbles. Absolutely. All right. Should we talk good next bubbles. time, Matt? I suppose it's uh, yeah. to me and you. Too. so next time, what are you going with?
1: I well, I have I have the, the four picks written down. Okay. If you want me to go through those, I was just just, through. just as an FYI for, for people listening. Next time, uh, Sam will be joining us, um, and we'll obviously f- figuring out things beyond that. Um, so stay tuned. But yeah. for for next month. Um we have a- Amil and the Sniffers with Comfort to Me, Injury Reserve with By the Time I Get to Phoenix, Lil Nas X with Montero, and Cold War Kids with New Age Norms 3. And so there will be new albums. And then Fran will be hosting. So
2: Yes, I will be hosting. And I've chosen a classic by uh, Karen Dalton. And I can't remember the name of the album. So it's one of Karen Dalton's albums. It's, she's got two and it's the second one. Um look it up um, and I will <laughs> be telling you time. in my own time thank you look it up in in your own time sorry that's a terrible joke oh, well. um, and I'll oh be God. telling you all why I love UK hip-hop pioneer roots manoeuvre so look nice. forward to that nice cool, cool. alright go to the See website all the do
0: all the social media yeah, stuff yeah. that so, happens yeah. and do those things bees. com
2: <laughs> at Picky bastards. And yeah, all that stuff.
0: Thanks a lot, man. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. -bye. Cheers.